I have a special announcement for you guys this morning. Are you ready? I should have kept the drummer up here, right? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? No? Okay, we don't have that. That's okay. Well, uh, here's the announcement. Are you ready for it? I want you to take a vacation this summer. Amen. I'm dead serious. So what we're going to do, we're going to shift this summer to something we're calling summer hours. If you guys want to put it on the screen, we're going to go back to one service during the summer. Here's why. I could guilt you like crazy. Ah, you know, it, it, it is a gifting of mine. I could guilt you on spending family time. All you moms and dads who have kids doing baseball, dance, basketball, I could tell you you're an awful parent. You need, you know what? Baseball is not going to get them to heaven when they get older. Amen. Hallelujah. Their fielding is not going to determine if they, if they come in the pearly gates. I think I've said all these things before, right? That might be true. I could tell you that if you don't get your kids in church, they're going to be hellions when they get older. I could say all these things, right? One thing I've experienced, um, church is very important in your, in your kids and their life and growing, but you are more important. You need to be present. You need to show your kids that you are here, you're paying attention, that they are a priority for you. I want you to understand this. Make time for your family this summer. There's no guilt here. Now, here's the thing, though. I want you to stay connected. Stay plugged in. Stay connected in classes. Come on Sundays when you are in town. Okay? So on those Sundays when you're being lazy, come to church. All right? And when you come when you're being lazy, then when you have vacations or events, then you know what? Do it with no guilt, with no strings. I want you to enjoy that family time this summer. Summer is a natural rhythm um, for us in our culture. It's a time for us to let down a little bit. And so for us uh, at Grace Church, for years we've kind of done the church thing where you kind of fight it. You give them all these great events in the summer, and I guilt you from the stage every single week, and I make you know that you're not a real Christian if you don't come to church in the summer, but that's just not the case, okay? I want you to stay connected. I want you to stay, um, allow yourself to understand that you and your children, your entire family, you need the life that comes from being surrounded by people who are following Christ. It's a unique thing in the Scriptures. We're told by the Apostle Paul that we're not to forsake this. This is an a, a important part of following God, is getting encouraged, getting built up, serving, praying, worshiping together. You need this, right? But this is not the end-all, be-all. This series is about you hearing God and encountering God. And I want you to understand that in, even in this series we're doing um, right now, I'm going to be teaching you how to encounter God in all these spaces. Yes, you can encounter God at the beach, you can encounter God at the ball fields, at the dance competition. Maybe not in Branson. I'm not sold on that one yet. You guys haven't convinced me that God's really in Branson. There's some cheap hotels. I can't take it. Can't take it. Wax museums? Come on, people. Anyways, I don't know. We'll see if God shows up at the wax museum or not. But again, I want you guys to understand here at Grace Church, we don't do things that way. Okay, and so I want you to enjoy the summer, right? So uh, even this, uh, this Sunday, it's hard for um, all the volunteer staff. It takes so many people to run a service here at Grace Church. And so for us to, to keep things running, we have to pressure people and guilt people, and I'm not willing to be that type of church. Amen? Are, are you okay with that? Do you like that? Now, here's the truth. There's no way to make everyone happy. When we went to two services, you should have seen the text messages, the evil glares I got, you know, two services, uh. 
I come to church at 10.30. I don't come to church at 9.30. What are you doing? You know? I got all sorts of uh, not happy responses from people uh, when we talked about that. But now, okay, I, I promise you some people are not going to be happy. But here's the thing. At that point um, in this church life, we needed room to breathe. We needed parking. We needed seating. The, the nursery was overflowing. I mean, Kids were biting kids and pulling hair because they're all just like cramped up. And so we had to have some room to breathe. But in this season, in the summer, I want us to have energy. I think what, what we need in this time of the year is each other. I want you to see faces that you don't get to see very often. I want you to enjoy uh, worshiping with people who you haven't seen in nine months because they go to the other service. I want us to realize that we are a church together. And so this is going to be a good thing, all right? And so we're going to start this on the 19th. At 10.30, okay, it's as good to the middle as we can get. All of you guys who love getting church done early, I, I get it, I get it, all right? So it's not too late. All of you guys like to sleep in, you still get time to sleep in, all right? It's not quite as much, it's just right in the middle. So 10.30, starting on the 19th, we're all going to meet here, and it, it's going to be energy, it's going to be fun, it's going to be a good time, all right? If, and if you don't take a vacation, you can't blame me, all right? You can't blame me. I'm encouraging you to do it. All right, let's jump into our, uh, into our sermon this morning. We're talking about God speaking to us, right? I, uh, as a pastor, one of the most common things that I hear from people is that God does not speak to them. And then I think the other common thing I hear is from people who are sure that God does speak to them, God's saying a lot of things that I don't know if God should be saying to them, right? God, I don't know if you should be saying those things. And so I think the question to us is this. If God isn't speaking, why not? And if God is speaking, how do we know for sure that it's God? So uh, if you were not here for, um, in the first week, if, if you're listening to us in the podcast, this entire series, I'm going to stress this. Do not judge what I'm saying until you listen to all of the sermons, Okay. This week and next week and the week after, I'm going to be laying some things out that might be challenging for you, okay? I need you to listen to the whole thing, okay? I can't teach it all in, in one sermon. It's going to take us five weeks. I need you to hear all of it and then judge me, all right? If you have an angry letter, wait until week five and then mail it to me, okay? If you've got the text, you can type it out, but wait to send it until week five. Is that fair for everybody? Sound good? Okay, we're going to lay out a lot of different pieces to how we hear God speak to us. Here's the biggest thing in all of this, okay? If you actually believed that God spoke to you, it would change your entire life. It honestly would. If you, if you, if you truly believe that God spoke to you, and not just spoke to you, if He spoke to you more often, daily even, what if God spoke to you 24-7? If God was speaking to you when you were awake, when you were at work, when you were with your family, when you were with friends, when you were at the beach... He took a break when you went to Branson. Uh, if he spoke to you when you're asleep, what if you had 24-7 connection to God? What would this change in your life? There are some people in, in church history that we call the mystics. Uh, that's code for crazies, all right? If you guys have, have no idea what mystic means, it means that there is a, a mystery. These are people who lived their lives inside mystery, the unknown, the question mark. And these mystics were always trying to find God in places that people said that, that God wasn't. Most of these mystics found something very profound. That in all these places which they would go to search for God, they would find Him in every single place. So, before we go any farther, I want to ask you guys a question. What is your favorite place on earth? 
Come on, just think of it. If you could be in one spot the majority of your life, okay, if there's one location, a favorite sitting spot, a favorite view, what is the, your one favorite spot in the entire world? Holler at me. Somebody who's brave. Anybody. Where? Is it a specific beach or any beach? Dolphin Island. You should get some bluer water. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, is there anybody else? Mountains. Is there a mountain or just any mountain? <laughs> Poto Hill doesn't count for you? Okay. I got you. It's pretty close to a mountain. We're almost there. Is there anybody else? Hawaii. Which island? Oahu. A beach in Oahu? Wow. I'm not going to pronounce that. Okay. Is there anybody else? A favorite spot in the entire world? What's your favorite spot? Anybody? Come on. Your back porch. Oh, you got the ahs and the oohs. There you go. Didn't get the boo-boos yet, all right? If you guys were not here last week, you guys missed it. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you. If you weren't here, which I know most of you weren't, Lord have mercy, all right? But you missed it. You missed it. We talked about the woo-woos. And if you don't know what it is, you're missing out on top of that. Your favorite place in the world. Why is that place your favorite place? If you begin to think about it, why is that place your favorite place? If I had to guess, there's going to be a three-point connection that you have to this place. In some way, shape, or form, that physical place connects you. It takes you somewhere. Physically, you feel a certain thing. You sense a certain thing. When you're in that place, the, sound, the, the sight, the sounds, something about it goes beyond your body. Something about that place goes beyond your body, and it connects to you emotionally. And a physical place makes you be moved emotionally. It makes you calm down. It makes you relax. Maybe it even affects you mentally. Your racing thoughts stop racing. Your worry or your stress, your um, uh, anxiety, thinking about work or the kids, that kind of fades away in that place. Our favorite places are ones that allow us to connect in a deep way to something bigger, to something other. And so Christians would say this, those places allow you to connect to God. Now, where have you been told that God is? Come on. Church, where else have you been told that God is? Where? <laughs> is there anyone else? Where else have you been told that God is? The prayer closet. Thank you. The charismatic answer. He is in the prayer closet. He likes, he's a, God is not claustrophobic. He likes confined spaces. Awesome. Perfect. Anyone else? Where have you been told that God is? At the awesome conference, right? At the awesome conference with the best worship team? How about at the big church? Is he at the big church with the big speaker who spits everywhere and smacks his microphone? Is God there? No? Okay, fine. You're lying. These are places you've been told that God is. You've been told God is in certain places. When you go to a hospital, every hospital that I've ever been into, has a chapel room. It's the idea that while we do believe God is lots of places, we believe that God is to be found in specific places. has to be a holy place, a Christian place. has to have crosses. How about that? Have you been told that God is found in places that have crosses? How about candles? Do candles tell you that God is, is to be found there? Anybody? You guys are not playing along. 
Now, we have these ideas in all sorts of different places, right? And when you're a child, depending on your upbringing, you are taught that fun hides in certain places. Now, it was kind of like a, how do I say this nicely? You grew up in a time when they didn't have a lot of entertainment. I'm not calling you old, I'm just saying you grew up in a time when there weren't a lot of choices, right? Your parents told you that fun happens where? Outside. Amen. Hallelujah, right? And so like that looked like a lot of different things for you guys, right? It looked like mud, dirt, rocks, sticks, hitting things, hitting people, hitting children, right? Okay. It, it involved outside, right? Now, if you grew up uh, slightly younger than that, where were you told that fun happens? Anybody? TV, video games. Who is, is like old and young enough to remember um, Discovery Zones? You know what I'm talking about? Those like German-fested things with the slides and the balls, and the kids would go, get sweaty, nasty. Do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody? If you didn't, you were deprived as a child. That's where fun hides. Like fun sleeps and lives in like those discovery zones. You would crawl and climb. Mom, I just want to go have fun at the discovery zone. Okay. Now, if you have children who you're raising now, they're taught that fun hides or lives in Fortnite. Right? It's a video game. And everyone goes, yeah, I'm too old to know what that is. Okay, that's great. But your kids have been told that fun sits, it resigned, it sleeps, it's to be found in this cave that we call a video game, right? We have these ideas on all different things. Where have you been told that romance hides? Anybody? Anybody? Everyone's like, no. Okay. What's the commercial cliche about romance, right? Get the Kenny G going. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Roses, the rose petals. What is romantic about rose petals, by the way? Get the, it's not romantic. I'm not sure what it is, right? Uh, champagne, right? Champagne, something super romantic about the bottle. Just super romantic, right? How about like low lighting? Have you been told that romance hides in low lighting? Anybody? Because what happens if the lights are too bright? It's not going to happen, right? Done. These ideas are not limited to God. We've been told that certain things are only found in certain conditions. The conditions have to be just right. The formula, the mixture has to be just right. The place, the setting has to be prepared just right. We used to have these all-night prayer meetings, which I'm not bashing them. There's importance in us taking time out of our lives to just to focus on God. But I was told, I was taught that this is where God is to be found. When you push everything to the wall, everything gets out of the way, and we just sit down and, and we just spend 12 straight hours praying, baby. That's where God's to be found. We create the perfect room. The lights go down, candles go up, champagne's out, and now God is here. Come on, guys, that's funny. It's okay to laugh, I promise. It's okay. This is the way that we think about God. We can't help it. We only understand God according to other things that we understand. It's the way it works. It's the way that language works. You can only understand a thing by things you already understand. Okay. Um, who's ever been to Venus before? Anyone? Anyone? Okay. For me to help you understand that place, I have to describe it by things that you have experienced. Does that make sense? So have you, ever, have you ever been to a planet before? Anybody? Earth is a planet. 
Nod. Yes, I have been to a planet before. <laughs> have you guys ever seen light before? Yes, I have seen sunlight. Okay, you have to use what you know to understand the things you don't know. With this very simple idea, understand this, you will always be learning about God because we will always be trying to understand God according to what we already know, and that is a small amount of information. So even when it comes to where we find God, we only understand God according to other things, right? I understand if I want to find my wife on a date, I'm not going to take her to uh, a rave. How about that? It is not her scene, okay? I mean, I could be having a great time, you know. She's not going to be there. When the phone bubbles start coming from the ceiling, she's out, done, gone. Not her scene, right? That's your girl. You're, you're, you're right. Although, good to see you at a rave. <laughs> Go to hell for lying, because God's not in hell either. Oh, I'm saving that for a different Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. We're not going to go there. And so we, we opened this morning with, a, with the Psalms. And I think you've all heard this, this Psalm before. But I think we've all kind of looked at it in a very different angle. It, ta- it talks about, the Psalms is speaking about, like, where can I go where God cannot find me, and talks about how God is, is found inside of us. God even knows the innermost parts of our intentions, our desires, our, our ideas, our thought life. And then it talks about how if I go to the highest mountaintop, God is there. If I hide into the deepest cave, God is there. And I think most of us have read this as an escape, as if it's almost like this almost is going, I can't get away from God. Like even when I'm afraid of Him, I'm ashamed, there's nowhere that I can actually get away from God. But I want you to read it in the inverse. It's not just that there's nowhere that we can't escape from God. It's also telling us this, that there's nowhere that I can't find God. Do you see this? It's not just that God's going to chase me everywhere I go. It's that everywhere I go, I can be with God. God is everywhere. Now the theology term for this, the omnipresence, meaning God is in all places, right? The Apostle Paul says that it's Christ in all and through all. What does that even mean? The idea that the very essence of God Himself permeates. Have you guys ever done um, in high school crocheting? Do you know what I'm talking about? Did you ever have to crochet? I, I feel stupid for saying this. Anybody ever crochet? Have you knit, sewn, anything? Okay. It's the idea of weaving, right? It's the idea of here's this, this I can't do it. Here's this surface, okay? And it's interwoven, right? It's just, it's, it's intertwined. It's all tangled up. It's all a mixture. And it says that Christ is in all and through all. Just kind of picture a, a needle being sewn through everything. Through every human being, through every creature, every substance, all matter, space, time, all existence, God is here in all things. This should be a stretch for you. Because I think you would think about it in the back of my mind, yeah, sure, God's omnipresent, He's everywhere, amen, yeah. But you don't know it, right? You don't sense it, you don't feel it. Here's the first way that I want you to feel it. I want you to know this. I want you to think about your favorite place on the earth. Your favorite place. 
the way that that place makes you feel. There's something about it makes you feel alive, makes you feel secure or safe. There's a, a very childlike experience that you're having in, in all these places. It makes you feel as if you're home. Again, I, I don't know which, which of these kind of rings true for you, but one of them will. There's something about that physical location that makes you feel rooted, almost just like this is where I need to be right now. That place, what if, what if that experience you have in your favorite place, what if every place throughout your day could feel like that? Just imagine it. If you have that faith, you love that, that, that favorite beach when you lay down or you sit down on that beach and you just kind of hear the waves and the breeze, what if you could take that experience to work? At our house right now, I would love to invite all of you over. Uh, there wouldn't be room for more than three of you, okay? It's not huge, but I will say this about the house. It's, it's awful right now. It's a mess, okay? So uh, we had water. It rained from the ceiling this week. It was amazing. Uh, these huge bubbles began to kind of be born in the ceiling, and then they popped and watered just like a giant water pimple. Amen. God's faithful all the time. Amen. Making it rain in my house. <laughs> to, get, to, get, to get an Old Testament at the Walker house. Uh, and it's raining in my house. It was amazing. And so right now, the water has stopped. Amen. Uh, so God's not speaking to us in the water anymore. Now God's speaking to us in the wind because now we have 10 industrial fans running through the entire house. 24-7. It's awesome. Just amazing. And so you talk about environments you do not expect to have a spiritual encounter in, right? And so I've had this, this whole idea in my mind. I've been, I've been kind of working through this on my own the last few years. And so, you know, here I am this morning as I get ready, and I'm thinking about this, this idea about how my favorite place in the world, okay, that I could have that experience everywhere. And here I am, I walk into my house, I've, I've got the, the kitchen kind of plastered, I mean, masked off, so you, the plastic's kind of flying with the wind, and there's like sheetrock coming underneath it, super loud, and I walk into this space, and I have this moment where I just feel good. I feel safe. I feel alive. I feel happy. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not stressed about anything. I just, I just want to stay there. And I'm looking around my house, and it's a wreck, and it's dirty, and it's loud, and I'm going, ah, I just, I'm happy to be here right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I don't think that was actually because I'm doing a great job learning that. I think it was just something for you guys, right? So I could use it as a teaching example, right? But there's something about this idea. What if every single space of your life could be that favorite moment? The first time I ever felt like I experienced God outside of church. Um, since I grew up in a charismatic environment, and you know, I tend to make fun of them a lot because I am one, um, but at the same time, one of the things I was taught in the charismatic church that I appreciate so much today, I was taught that I had the ability to hear God. I was also taught that I had the ability to hear God at all times. And, and so for me, the first time I ever really experienced this was um, in the backyard of our first house in, in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You ever been to Oklahoma before? Anybody? Yeah, it's not much to write home about. Okay, but it does have two good things about it, all right? It's, it's empty, it's desolate, it's ugly, but it's got two good things. One has a big sky, okay? Okay. <laughs> um, because it's flat, when you look up, the sky appears larger. 
Okay, if you go to a place with lots of hills, mountains, trees, the sky appears smaller. Oklahoma has a big sky. Secondly, Oklahoma has wind. All the time, it's blowing something. Okay, there's always a movement of wind in Oklahoma. So for me, the first favorite place I ever had was my swing in the backyard. I would get in the swing. I begin to swing, and I would look up. I'm not sure if you guys have ever done. Have you ever tilted back on the swing to where it's almost dangerous? You probably shouldn't go any farther. Okay, and you just kind of look up at the blue. And there was a moment there where I would get lost in how big the blue was, and I would feel the wind begin to blow across me. And something about that experience made me feel safe. I felt alive. I felt connected to something. Now I think I was maybe five or something like that. You know, I couldn't put words to what I was experiencing. But in this place, I felt secure. Now, you might have been taught in churches that that's not how God speaks to us. But I really encourage you to read the Bible. (laughs) Setting where God speaks to us is very important. One of the primary ways that God connects to you is through creation. Your surroundings. Your environment. God did not give you a body in order to ignore your body. He gave you the the ability to perceive, to feel, to touch, to taste, to see, to smell, right? All of these abilities to connect to God. In the Scriptures, we see that God speaks to people on mountaintops. He speaks to them in caves. speaks to them in deserts. speaks to them in oceans. He speaks to them through fire, through wind, through water, thunder, lightning. He speaks to them through all different forms of creation. And I think that because we read it in Scriptures, we kind of try to interpret it as some kind of a different experience. Well, surely when the wind blew and they knew God was there, it had to be like, you know, there's a bright spotlight came down from heaven, you know. And like the choir goes, oh, right? Well, I didn't hear the choir and I didn't see the spotlight, so surely that wasn't God. Got it. One of the things that God does to us, He speaks to us in things that make sense to us. And so in my life, Wind has been a very consistent experience of God for me. Because whenever I was a kid, I found, I felt Him in that. And so now as I get older, yes, there's all different ways that I I can understand God, but it's one of the most basic childlike things for me. And so God chooses to continually use wind to connect to me. Now, it's not saying that God only speaks through wind. It's saying this. It says that I pay attention to wind. See, there's nothing special about this physical room right here. God is not speaking more in this room than He is outside these walls. But you are paying attention more. Some of you. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Some of us are paying attention in this room more, right, than outside of those walls. The moment that we walk out of these walls and we go to the restaurant, we turn off the, the Christian or the spiritual mind, and we begin to go back into ordinary functioning. But we pay attention here because we have been trained to think that God shows up here. We've been trained that God shows up again in the worship music. He shows up in the Scriptures. And we've been trained to be sensitive in these areas. I want you to expand. I want you to take your idea of where God speaks to you and expand it. There is nowhere that you will ever go where God is not speaking to you. 
where He's not connecting to you. He is not present. He is not surrounding you. He's not with you. There's nowhere that you will ever go. It's only, the only question is this. Where are you going to meet with God? It's not where is God going to meet with me. It's where am I going to meet with God? Um, there are certain types of experiences that make us all nervous. I mean, what is like your worst environment ever? Does anyone have like a worst environment ever that you never want to go to? The um, DMV, okay? More, more. Chucky e. Joe, <laughs> teaching my kids to gamble. I am in Hollywood. Okay. Is there anywhere else? Cluttered house. Perfect. No, that's great. That's perfect. Um, airplane. Anybody? For me, okay, a training environment where I'm being taught stupid things. I used to have to go to training meetings where I had to be taught how to wash my hands properly. Uh, <laughs> I do not want to tell any more information or else it would be obvious like where I was, but training environments where I have to sit in one place and be taught as if I'm an idiot. So Devin, when you walk into the bathroom, it's important to put soap on your hands. <laughs> if you do not use water, the soap will not come off of your hands. If you just rub dry soap, and it's not made for that purpose, it will stay on your hands. These are not good environments for my mental health. I begin to have very unhealthy, non-Christian thoughts and desires in these, in these environments. Put me in that environment for about six hours, and I'm hungry, by the way, and then ask me to stand up and, a and answer a stupid question. Devin, would you stand up? Yes, I will. <laughs> would you like to share an experience of how hard it is to get soap off of your hands? Yes, I would. <laughs> These are moments where Devin is not happy to be alive. I, I just want to put it out there. Where I am not like feeling safe, feeling happy and joyful and connected to God. I'm not. Ah, I've had the ability to practice this idea, right? To, okay, what if my favorite place on earth where I feel the most connected, if I could have that in all places? It is possible. <laughs> Not probable, but it is possible. You can get there, right? You have the ability to wake yourself up to God, to be awake, aware, paying attention to God, in every moment, when you do that, you can experience a moment to be fully connected physically, mentally, emotionally to God. The same way that it comes easy on the beach, on the mountaintop, at, you know, your parents' house, you know, uh, wherever it is, in that favorite safe place of yours. It just takes practice. You have to learn to train yourself that every single place, where can I go where God is not with me, where God is not around me. And so sometimes it takes, it takes practices to, to make us see an ordinary place as something not ordinary. So to me, and I'll share this before we close, um, I started doing a practice a few years ago. What I would do was um, I do coffee a lot with people. I have meetings all the time. So Cracker Barrel, uh, surprise, surprise, is not my favorite place on the earth, Okay. We live in Alma, Arkansas, so when I say coffee, people go, 
Where are we going to go? And so it's easy to go to Cracker Barrel. I have learned to love Cracker Barrel. Okay, so I love it with all you guys who love it. It's not my favorite place. Okay, like when I walk in to get coffee, I don't want to be surrounded by trinkets and things. Okay, now that might be like your jam that makes you happy. That doesn't make me happy. I I don't like doing this to get to my, you know. No, I don't want this. No, I don't need that. I'm good. I just want to get to eat some food. And so I had to find a way to, to, to make me be awake, and, and, and again, in that, in that space, when I'm about to meet with someone or uh, to have counseling. So, so what I began to do is I would use this very simple uh, practice to wake me up. What I would do was when the coffee would get there, I'd make sure I was there early, I would beat them there, and I would sit down at the table and the coffee would come, and I would hold the coffee in my hands. And when I'd hold it, I would wait until I could feel the heat of the coffee in my hands. Now, this sounds like very, very silly and and dumb, but what it's doing, it's making me slow down enough to be aware of this thing, this body. And I would wait for that. And in the moment that I would feel the heat from the cup, I I would smell the cup. Now, this sounds simple, but I'm telling you, it is a little bit like humbling because when you're in a wide open place and you're smelling coffee, people kind of look at you. It's good. It really is. It's good. I promise. And I would smell it. And I would use this very simple physical practice. And in doing that, I was kind of triggering my mind and my emotions. To where I would take this ordinary place. To me, it's, it's just another meeting. I've got six coffees this week. I have to get to this thing and this thing. And it would trigger. And, and all of a sudden, I'm in the swing or I'm at the beach or I'm in that, that place where I feel very connected. I feel very safe. I feel very awake and alive. I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm sensing God because I know God is here. God is roaming the trinkets and he's, he, he's in the back with the food and He's here with the coffee and God is right here. There's nothing that really changed about Cracker Barrel in that practice. The only thing that changed was me, was my perception of the place. When you begin to realize that God is present in all of your spaces, it will change you. Because it starts with coffee, it starts at Cracker Barrel, it starts wherever, and it goes to other places. It goes to in the car when you're late and you're rushing and you're about to make a, a, you know, a, a really kind gesture to the person next to you. You know, peace be with you, I'm sure. It's exactly what you're going to say to the guy who cuts you off. Amen? Come on, that's you. I know. I see the gray stickers. I see them. I see them. And I know who you are. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it, it grips you when you're in the moment of anger uh, with your child or your spouse when you're about to, and all of a sudden, you become awake. God is, is here, and you pull back. It wakes you up. When you practice waking yourself up, all of a sudden, you become sensitive and able to allow the Spirit of God to wake you up in all the other spaces. And it happens just like that, but it takes practice. The question this morning is not, where do I go to meet with God? Where is God going to come and, and find me? Where, is, you know, where do I have to search out to find God? The question is, where am I going to be awake enough to connect to God? That same experience that you've had in that favorite place. 
jogging on the mountaintop, exercising, reading, praying alone, you know, whatever that is, you need to learn to take it out of that place. Because here's the problem. You can't always be at the beach, Pastor Juliana. You can try to go as many times as you want this year, but sometime you're coming back and you're going to work. <laughs> We're going to put you to work when you come back and you're going to have to bring the beach with you. You're going to have to learn to bring the mountaintop with you. You can't always be doing your hobby. You can't always be in prayer. You can't always be in the Bible. You can't always do those things. You have to learn, how do I take that awareness and bring it here? Because it's not that God is in your closet, in the, in the prayer closet, it's not that God's in the mountains, it's not that God's in the ocean. It's that you were fully there. Learn to be fully alive to God in every single space. And so I encourage you, just begin to practice in small things. What is an ordinary space you go to every day? Is it your car? Is it your, the commute to work? Is it your time with the kids in the morning? Is it your breakfast? Is it in the evening? What is your routine? Is it your lunch break? Practice turning that ordinary space into a space where you're awake. Mentally, emotionally, physically. And you will see that begin to pass over to all the spaces. Would you guys stay with me this morning? And so, um, you know, we started these classes on Wednesdays. The, uh, spiritual formation classes. What I'm teaching you in a very short form here is the overall goal of this church. And everything we do, especially Wednesday nights, I want to teach you personally how to be aware of God, to sense God, to be connected to God, to hear God in everything that you do, in all the spaces and all the places, because you can. You just have to be taught what it sounds like. You've been told God only speaks these ways at these times when I do these things, and it's not true at all. And so if anything is catching your attention on the, in these services, the classes are a place where we get to give you more attention. We get to kind of help you understand how you personally hear God, how you personally sense and feel. What is your favorite place in the world? How do we take that outside of it? And so Father, we come to you this morning and I just pray for everyone in the room that you would teach us to be awake, that we would be fully present mentally, emotionally, physically with you. Outside of church, outside of our prayer closet, outside of our vacations, outside of that space, whatever it is, help us take it beyond that. Because it is you. See, Apostle Paul said, all good and perfect things. It is from you. That we would connect to you in all the good and all the perfect and all of the gifts that you've given us. We would connect to you in all the spaces. Before we close, I want to bring up the prayer team real quick. Um, I just really feel like there's a few people this morning who just, we're talking about hearing God, and I think the majority of your emotions and thoughts about this is just that God has been far from you. You just, you haven't experienced that. God being close, being near, talking to you. He talks to everyone else, but not to you. Everyone's got their stories, but you've never had that. They've had their experiences, but you've never had that. And one of the things that we are, promise of the scriptures is that God shows up when we humble ourselves to come and to allow someone else to pray with us. So I encourage you as we close, if that's you, the prayer team is going to pray with you today. You're going to have an experience with God today. Father, pray for every person, individual, every family, every couple. Father, I pray, Lord, that this morning that we would learn to be awake, 
It's not where do we go find you. Where are we going to be awake to you? In the most stressful and the most ordinary and the most special and the most extraordinary and all of the highs and lows and the ordinary in between that we would learn to be awake to you. That we'd feel connected, that we'd feel fully alive. We'd feel joy and excitement, exhilarated energy, safe. We'd feel all those things all throughout our day as we connect to you. In Jesus' name, and everyone's name.